Looking forward to the privilege to share God's Word with you this morning. And wherever you're at, you can take your Bibles out, your tablets, your iPhones, and you can turn to the book of Joshua 24. That's where we'll be spending some time this morning. This is one of those popular verses that you see hanging on people's walls, on their Bibles, on, on stickers, kind of like Jeremiah 29 11. So we're going to be spending some time there. I tried to have a plaque up here just to show you, and I'm a little disappointed in my wife and her sister, her sisters, because they tell us that they hold inventory for Hobby Lobby at our homes, yet they do not have this plaque. So I tried to have a little example up here for you to look at, but I couldn't put my hands on it. So if you'll be in Joshua 24, we'll, we'll prepare to get, get started this morning. Here in Joshua 24, we're going to set set the, the setting a little bit. Here Joshua is uh, preparing to give his last sermon or his last speech. Uh, if you remember Joshua, he was one of the 12 spies uh, that he came back and he was the, one of the only two that gave a good report, uh, Joshua and Caleb. Then he stood before the Jordan River as he was leading the Israelites and the river, if you remember this story, it was raging, it was out of his banks, and he stood in the Jordan River, and they crossed the Jordan River. What a great story that was. This is the same Joshua as they walked, as they marched around the walls of Jericho, that the walls fell, and God gave them victory. This is the same Joshua that he, he gave that powerful prayer, that the sun and the moon stand still, so he could he could finish his battle and, and receive the victory that God had given him. This is the Joshua that we're going to look at this morning. And if you look at the chapter before in chapter 23, Joshua summons all the leaders together. And then we roll into 24, and he gives them these final words of advice. Let's read the text, Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. He says this, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pray with me. God, we come to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it holds. And we thank you that we can use it as a light in our life. I pray this morning that you will honor the time we spend looking into your word. I pray. Amen. So here we see Joshua in his, in his final words. He's a dying man. And these are the last words that he gives to those closest to him. And we can relate to Joshua in that sense. As I stand here before you, I'm a dying man. And I'm speaking and preaching to a dying people. That's something that we don't often want to think about. But each and every one of us, we have an end to our life. And the little glimpse that we get to, we get to look at and we get to have between our birth and our death, we have the opportunity to use that for Christ or to use it for ourselves. And here Joshua is, is using this time to challenge these men and these leaders. Choose this day who you, who you will serve. 
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me ask you something. If you knew you were going to die very soon, what would you leave with those that are closest to you? If you called your family and friends in, what would you say to them if you knew you had just a short time on earth? Now let me ask you this. Is what you would say to them different than what you're living now? Would it look different? Would it be different? And that's why I want to challenge you with this morning to think about that. To think about if, if what you would say would be different than what you're leaving out in your life right now. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. See, there's, there's people who have eternal life, your brothers and sisters in Christ, but you don't have abundant life. You're not living in the victory that God gave us. And too many times, we allow our joy to be stolen because we're not living in that abundant life. How do we stay spiritually healthy? We could all go and quarantine ourselves and, and never face temptation, never face adversity, but that's not what God calls us to do. He calls us to be a witness into the world. He calls us to be in the world, but not of the world, to be the light to the world. So, Jesus can see, so people can see Jesus in us and through us. Physical and spiritual health, are, they're both very important. They're, they're both a blessing, but they're very different. I know you could be physically sick but spiritually healthy. And you could be physically healthy and spiritually sick. And that's kind of like what I want to look at this morning. I wonder how many of us would be in trouble if we, if we said, God, Right now, as, we, as I speak, I pray that you'll help us to be as physically healthy as we are spiritually healthy. Well, some of us may be in trouble. Some of us may would have to leave in an ambulance. Some of us, we'd have to call flight for life in. And for some of us, we would have to call a hearse to come and take us out. So what would that look like? Listen to what Joshua 24 says. The first thing he said as a dying man speaking to dying people, the last thing, the first part of the last thing in Joshua 24, he says, fear. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. So we're to live in fear. Well, wait a second. We're supposed to live by faith and not fear. Well, this is a different kind of fear. See, there's no contradiction between love and fear. He who fears God the most loves him the best. That's what Adrian Rogers says. That's his quote. I can't steal that from him. Here's a couple verses. I want you just to jot down for, for time. I'm going I'm to give, give you what they are, and I'm going to read them. But Psalm 147, verse 11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. In those who hope in his steadfast love. Psalm 33, 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his steadfast love. All three. We can pull many, many, many more scriptures out that compare fear and love. My last church, I used to say, I used to tell them, love God with all your heart and live like you want to. And I would say the same thing too, because when we love God with all our heart, we're going to want to obey. We're going to want to be used 
we're going to want to, to serve God with everything that we have. The first thing that Joshua said as a dying man was fear the Lord. See, we have to try really hard in the world we live in not to become casual Christians. Not to become an Americanized Christian. It's so easy to become comfortable in our life. We are so blessed to live in America. And many times that same blessing can be a curse when it comes to our faithfulness and our dedication to the Lord. You see, we have brothers and sisters across the world that are sacrificing their life to be in church, to live for Christ, sacrificing their family, everything they have. We haven't been asked to do that at this, at this time in a sense of where it looks like we're sacrificing our life really to come to church. But God tells us to sacrifice all that we are, to lay our life down at his feet. It's not the kind of fear that we have, you know, when you're sitting around and uh, somebody walks in church and we have the joke, that, oh gosh, lightning's gonna strike this place. Or if you take a bite of your food before, before praying for it, you know the joke is, oh, you're, you're going to choke on that. It's not that kind of fear. It's a worthy fear. It's a loving fear. You know the difference between a, a son and a slave? A slave fears punishment from his master. But a son, he just wants to please his father. He just wants his father's approval. Just like a believer in Christ fears God, he wants his approval. He wants to walk in obedience to Christ. That should be our heart's desire. He wants us to say, here I am, God. Send me. Use me. Another thing we have to watch out for is beware of wasteful worship. The next thing Joshua says here, he says, fear the Lord, and then he says, serve him in sincerity. Oh, to be sincere. You see, our, wor our worship is wasteful when it's not sincere. We shouldn't fall into a routine. We should become a, a casual Christian. The desire to be authentic is what God desires is what God wants. Uh, I've been a youth pastor for, for 15 years. You could take the, the boy out of the youth pastor, but you can't take the youth pastor out of the boy. So I got to relate back to my youth pastor days a little bit. Youth ministry says that we lose our kids at a 70% rate in the teenage and young adult, adult years. And many studies, they, they blame the church for this. And, and to a point, uh, it can be the church's fault. We, we fail to, to move forward. We, we fail to look ahead many times. But in this case, I, I have another theory, and I want to share it with you. My theory is that these kids, they don't see authentic worship in their homes. They see a wasteful worship. And this is, this is on our parents. We need to be who we say we are 24-7. Now, I understand the home, they, they see every, every fault, every mistake, that's fine. But so many of us live a different life on Sunday than we do through the week. 
And that's what wasteful worship looks like. And that's where Joshua, when he comes here and he says, sincere. God wants a sincere worship. Dad and moms, please don't let what you do be wasteful. There's nothing more insulting to God than a half-hearted worship. I've heard this, it doesn't take much of a man or a woman to be a Christian, and that's true. Because it takes all they are, it takes everything they have. Every day, dedication. It's hard work to be who God wants us to be. But we have to stand up and say we're willing to be that person. Verse 14 says to serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Staying faithful and focus, focus takes hard work. Coming before the Lord, examining ourselves daily by, by prayer, by being in, the, being in the word. We learn how to, to seek and surrender to God. Learn, we learn how to have faith to, to wait on Christ. We live, in a, we live in a world where we want everything now. And many times we get that. We can pull our phone out. We can have almost every answer we want. But many times we have to learn to wait trust the third one the third thing is declare war you must declare war it says this in verse 14 put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord put those things away He's saying, once you were lost in the wilderness, but now you're in Canaan, the land of milk and honey. But that old man is still there. Like it was for them in that day, the old man in us is still there. But we're, we should destroy that man in Christ. We must declare war on that old man. Satan knows you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where to attack. We better be diligent in coming before the, before the Lord. Satan wants to see you not being used. He wants to see you not being obedient. He wants to see you just being a casual Christian. He's okay with that. But it takes hard work, daily focus. It's a It's a battle. Never lay down your sword. Never begin to coast or to take it easy or to think you're out of the battle. Now's the time to relax. That's a dangerous place to be. We don't get a day off when it comes to being faithful to our husbands or to our wives. Could you imagine if your husband or your wife came to you and they said, you know, I'm going to take this Friday and Saturday off and I'm just going to go do my own thing and go see who I can meet. No. Nobody in their right mind would, would be okay with that because we want commitment. We want faithfulness. God wants to see us. He wants us taking time off. He wants, he wants to see us continually seeking him. That's what Joshua is telling the people. Stay focused. Don't fall back into the days of Egypt and worshiping your idols and your false gods. Stay focused because that's still in there. 
and it will still come up. And if, and, and if we continue to look through the Old Testament, especially the next book of Judges, we see that there's a major problem. Those, those people continually fight themselves. The book of Judges, they did what was right in their own eyes. They never turned, they never focused to Christ. And Joshua's warning them in his last sermon. Careful. I love Galatians 2.20. It's a, I would say, a life verse. It says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. It's no longer about us, but it's about Christ in us and Christ through us. And this leads us to the most popular verse, what I was talking about. You see it on plaques, you see it everywhere. Joshua 15 says this right here. And this is, if this is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in this land, you dwell. And then he takes a stand. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The choice is yours to make. But you must do it forcefully. You must do it faithfully with a passion, with authentic, being authentic and following him. It has to be a deliberate choice. See, it's not something that we will automatically drift into. It's not part of our nature. We won't just say, you know, I, I, I became a Christian. I gave my life to Christ and I'm just going to see how it goes. No, you'll fail. If you're anything like me, man, the flesh, it's a battle. Flesh, man, it's there. It's strong. It's a desire. It's a strong desire. It's a war. But we have to choose. It will not come naturally to choose Christ. It's hard work. The, the, the proposal to choose is between you and God. We can't look to the people around us for a comparison, for approval. Many times we get to the point where we say, you know, I'm, I'm right on track with, with so-and-so. Or, you know, they're doing this, I'm doing that, I'm good to go. No. We have to focus on our relationship with Christ and Christ alone. These other things will fall in place. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was, was determined to serve God no matter what anyone else thought. We have a responsibility to make sure what goes on in our homes, in our cars, wherever we are, honors God. You must say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Openly declare war. I will be faithful. God, I will serve you. Use me. 1 Peter 5.8 says this. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking who he devour. You can't become a casual Christian. You can't become someone that just goes through routine. We have to choose who we're going to serve. Let me close with this story. It happened in the birth of, birth of our nation a long time ago, on April 18th, 17. 
75. The British came into Boston and they were preparing an attack. They were going to cross the Charles River and attack Concord and Lexington in the middle of the night. The night came and everybody fell asleep. And the British began to set their plan out to go across the Charles River. But there was one man. He was awake. And he was prepared. And his name was Paul Revere. And he knew that the British were coming to attack. So he got out of his bed and he went to the streets and he made a plea. He said, wake up, wake up. The British are coming, the British are coming. You could just hear the intensity in his voice because he knew that there was danger crossing into his territory. And as the men woke up, they raised their windows, they they lit their candles, they grabbed their muskets and they went out to the streets to defend their families, to defend their country, to defend their town. And I want to tell you, they were prepared for battle. But can I tell you, there's, we're in the same situation today. There's an invisible war going on right now. Satan's coming in. Attacking our families, our homes, our churches, our schools. It's up to us to say, wake up. There's an enemy upon us. We must be diligent. We must be real. We must be authentic. We must choose this day who we will serve. And serve, serve the Lord with all our heart, with everything we are. God, we come to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. We thank you that we can stand on this word and know that we have victory in you. Lord, help us to choose this day to live sold out lives to you. I know it's so easy to get caught up in the American dream and jobs and and money and success, but Lord, help us to put all that to the side as rubbish compared to the truth of your word, to walking and living in obedience and holiness. Lord, use us in in this community and werever you send us. Not Not because we are good, but because you are good and we seek to glorify your name. I pray, amen.